1: all right so matt what type of ghost has the best hearing
2: um i don't know
1: the eeriest one
2: <laughs> that, uh, that was bad
1: <laughs> you liked it don't lie my,
2: my joke was better <laughs> <laughs>
1: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam, and my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is Graveyard Tales. <laughs> All right, everybody. Here we are again. Matt, how you doing tonight, brother?
2: I'm good. I'm good.
1: Good. good. It, hopefully, uh, y'all can't hear this, but if you can, um, my little yappy dog is downstairs barking. Um, I'm here at the house by myself, and he's decided he wants to yap. So you may just have some yappy noise in the background. I'll try to edit most of it out. But I apologize. <laughs> yeah, the noise. Yeah. They love it. Oh, I guess. They want to um, hear that. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, um, we wanted to uh, tell you guys, you know, we, we've had uh, a buddy of ours helping us out with some research and stuff. Um, goes by the name of Jeff. Um, I won't give out last names. Um, oh, no, come on. No, nah, we don't do that here. We don't Address, do that Address, social security number. Right, telephone number. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But he helps us out with research, which is, it's you know, it's a big help for Matt and I because we get things going here and with, you know, Matt's other job and and with my stuff, uh, my editing and all this other stuff, we get behind, you know, we we just do. And so it helps to have somebody that helps us collate the data, we'll say. Um, Well, he and his wife just had a wedding anniversary, so we wanted to say... Happy anniversary to Jeff and his wife. And we hope it was a good one and we appreciate all your help.
2: Yay. Happy anniversary. Yeah, we really do. We appreciate the help. It you have you have no idea when you start digging through some of this stuff, um, you're you're bound to miss something. And sure. every every week, Jeff will find some gem or nugget that we've both missed. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a huge help. So you know, thanks Jeff for that and and happy anniversary to the both of y'all.
1: Right. Um, another thing we wanted to mention is as always, we'll say we're we're proud to be a part of the Podbelly Network. Go check them out podbelly.com. Uh, you can find new podcasts to listen to and you can find out how to Record and edit your own podcast if you'd like to get started. They have that over there, so go to podbelly.com. Um, we are starting to, for our $10 plus patrons, we're starting to slowly unveil some video. Um, so you get to watch us record the episode. So um, it, it's like, uh, you know, it, it basically the episode, but... Then you get to see our dumb faces and all of my wild hand gestures and stuff like that. And uh, so it's not every episode, but we're trying to get some episodes yeah. randomly out there on Patreon.
2: Yeah, you do get to see us screw up mm-hmm. even even more so than we do on the actual show. You get to <laughs> right. see how we, how we re- repeat things and how we say things wrong and we get lost when we're talking or or we get on some tangent that has nothing to do with the show and then we have to cut it out because it's made the show so stinking long right um you you get all of that and so so many people had asked for that which i mean i get it you know i like to go back and watch you know the outtakes from movies and 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 tv shows and that sure. kind of stuff so I I get it. it. It's it's fun, you know, but it's it's also the stuff that maybe we weren't meaning for you to see. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we're happy if you want it. We're happy to be able to give it to you, and it just took us a while to get the technology to uh, right to be able to do it and do it well.
1: Right, we weren't going to so, put anything out that was. Just you crap. Know. Right. I mean, that, that's but not beyond our, our regular
0: style. stuff. <laughs> yeah.
1: We have a level of crap that we're not that's willing right. to go below. <laughs> and <laughs> for a while, we, we were way too below that crap level. So now that we've got it up at least to par with that crap level, we're going to try to be putting that out on a regular basis. Don't know nice. how many episodes. It's not going to be every episode we do, um, but we're going to try to get Several of them up there on Patreon for our $10 plus patrons. So if you're a $10 plus patron, be, be prepared for that. You may have already seen one or two of these. Um, if you are not a patron, go over there to patreon.com and look us up and become a patron. And you can get some of these bonus videos that we're doing and all that. And it's right. it's just fun. The yep. episodes are different. They're not always the same. Like we would on our main channel, uh, we're a little looser, and the topics a little shorter and and a broader scope than what we would put into a graveyard tales episode.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, and, and you know, of course, you know, if if you if you sign up, you know, it helps the show, but you get to see stuff like the the graveyard tales poster that hangs behind me fall in the right. middle of recording. Right. <laughs> you, know, you get you get that kind of stuff, so.
1: <laughs> right so it, it's fun um but on that note matt why don't you tell us what are we talking about tonight brother okay tonight we are going to
2: another haunted prison and these are great i mean these these are fantastic shows to research because they have some of the best stories and when you mm-hmm. think about all of the all of the pain, all of the anguish, you know, all of the death, all of the, the sometimes torture that has occurred in prisons, you know, over the last uh, centuries, you can understand why these old, broken down, abandoned prisons are just a haven for paranormal activity. So tonight, Adam and I are going to look at the Eastern State Penitentiary in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Oh yeah. And man, th- this place has got some some really awesome stories. Oh yeah. And and much like a lot of the prisons we talk about Adam, it's got some some really great but gruesome history.
1: Yes, it does. Um and it, it's it's been around for so long that the the history is just, I mean, I I was digging, Matt, and I was like, you know, I've got a ton of the history already, and I could keep going. So we could have done like a two-hour episode just on the history and the layout and everything of the Eastern State Penitentiary, but I decided that's not what people are here for. They're here to get through Adam's history, to get <laughs> on to Matt's ghost stories. So I decided we wouldn't do a a two hour history podcast here, Um, but we do need to talk about a little bit of it to put Matt's hauntings into perspective. Oh, yeah. So it's located. The penitentiary is located at 2027 Fairmont Avenue between Corinthian Avenue and North 22nd Street in the Fairmont section of the city. Um, and it was operational from 1829 until 1971, so it was operational for a long time.
2: Yeah, long time, and and pretty recent mm-hmm. as far as you
1: know closed
2: prisons go.
1: Right, exactly. Um, now, at its completion, and and Matt and I were talking about this before we started recording, and this is a very was a very interesting tidbit that we found, but at its completion, the building was the largest and most expensive public structure ever erected in the United States.
2: Wow! I mean, I saw that too. That that is amazing.
1: Yeah, to be a, first of all, just any building to have that status as that is currently, you know, at its time, the largest and most expensive public structure. But for it to be a prison. It was right. like holy cow!
2: Right. I know that isn't that weird. It is weird. You know that that just means that they they channeled that much money into the construction of a prison. Mm-hmm. So either that says a lot for uh, the criminal activity of the time. <laughs> <laughs> and we got We got to build a new prison. Right. You know these people are going insane. We got to find a place to stick them. Um, you know, or it was, it was just, you know, they, they had the money to, uh, to push and, and create a, a structure that would, um, would be conducive to what their ultimate goal was. Sure. Um, and I think Adam's probably going to touch on that. Um, Right
1: now, the prison, currently which i'm i know matt will talk about more here in a little bit but the prison is currently a u.s national historic landmark um and it's open to the public as a museum for tours seven days a week 12 months a year and you can go from 10 a.m to 5 p.m so they're always running tours at this place yeah and we do have uh some information on the tours and and Mm -hmm. Talking to some people there. But let's get into the history, why it was built, and all that stuff. Now, Eastern State Penitentiary website had a lot of information on it. And as always, you can go to our sources, find those links, and get more in depth into this history and research if you would like. But we're going to talk about what they had to say. Now, in the 1700s, most prisons were just large holding pens so people would get put in there and wait to be sentenced and and you see this on movies and and things all the time from back in that that era you know you just got thrown into a big you know a giant room and there were hundreds of other people in there yeah just a big a big cage yeah exactly and groups of adults and kids uh, that everybody, every walk of life was in yeah. this big holding cell and they were accused of everything from yeah. petty theft all the way up to murderers in the same room.
2: Yeah. Can you imagine stealing a pack of gum and bunking up next to a, a guy that killed three people? Yeah. yeah
1: what, you do you, get- what are
2: you in for? Uh, I stole some double mint.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Hi, my name's Ed Gein. Nice to meet you.
2: <laughs> no, sh- so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can you imagine?
1: No. No. But <laughs> had, I mean, that's what it was.
2: Six, 16-year-old sitting in there because he, he stole us some candy and he's sitting next to Ed Gein or yeah. something. I mean, good
1: Lord. Yeah. And, and and that that's exactly what it was. It was, you know, everybody. Everybody and their mama literally were in... <laughs> uh in the prisons at the time you know and so these they're they say that they sorted out their own affairs behind locked doors so you can only imagine what that means oh yeah um that <laughs> it means a lot of different stuff <laughs> yeah, it means a lot of different stuff to a lot of different people um now guards and overseers were known to abuse the abuse the prisoners um you know flogging whipping um, they would get heavy fines and some were even executed. And these were typical punishments for that era.
2: You know, I had, I i had an acquaintance who, who said this and it, it always stuck with me. And it was just, it wasn't a thing where he, he just said it. And it, it was one of those things that resonated inside me. when I Whenever I think about these, these old prisons, there was a mindset, um, at, at one time, with with the 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 crews that would that would run these prisons all the way from the the head wardens down to the, you know, to the just the the run of the mill guards, that people didn't you know you you go to prison as punishment, right? But there was a mindset that you went to prison for punishment, and right. and that's what he said, and I was like. I've I've never thought of it that way, but when you when you think of it in that perspective, then you you can wrap your head around some of the things that we've talked about in other shows and that we're going to talk about tonight happened within these walls, you know, decades ago. But um, because of that mindset, the mm-hmm. the idea that people went to prison for punishment, right? Not exactly. as
1: punishment exactly and that that's i mean that's a great way to look at it when you're looking at any penitentiary that was around the time that we're talking about now because that's what happened i mean like you said went in there and then they'd get flogged or or you know beaten randomly throughout the day and it was just a way of life if you yeah. were in there that's just the the way it was
2: Reg- and regardless of what your your crime in the world was, yes, yep, exactly. I mean, you know, they were uh, equal opportunity impl- uh, uh, punishers. Yeah, right. You know, if if you if if you were that guy that went in there because you know you you stole five dollars or you know you had a bunch of unpaid parking tickets, as you know, this guy over here that you know was head of a head of a street gang or you know robbed somebody at gunpoint or or heaven forbid murdered someone it didn't matter you were you were here and
1: this is the way it worked right exactly you got put here for something and we don't care we're still beating you um well in 1787 um there was a group of well-known and powerful philadelphians and they met at the home of benjamin franklin To discuss the current state of criminal justice, exactly what we were just talking about. Right. Um, They met there to talk about this. And and these people, you know, they they were members of the newly formed Philadelphia Society for alleviating the miseries of public prisons. A long title, but that's what they were.
2: (laughs) They were good at that.
1: Yep. Yep. Well, give yourself a long, long title and people are tired of saying it halfway through. Um, But they expressed growing concern about the conditions in American and European prisons. Rightfully so, after, you know, knowing what we've just talked about. Well, Dr. Benjamin Rush and others in the society hope to outlaw public punishment and replace the current overcrowded and corrupt prison system with a system of private, solitary confinement. And... I have things to say about that, too, but I'm not (laughs) going to now. Rush proposed a radical idea to build a true penitentiary, a prison designed to inspire genuine regret and penitence in the hearts of people convicted of crimes. Now, the concept grew from, quote, enlightenment thinking of the time, but no government had successfully carried out such a program. Now, it took the society more than 30 years to convince the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania to build the kind of prison it suggested. Now, a revol- a revolutionary new building on farmland outside of Philadelphia is what they were suggesting. So, Eastern State Penitentiary, unlike other prisons, did not use corporal punishment and strived, at least in theory, to end the ill treatment of prisoners. So, they they... Uh, their mindset was let's let's get rid of the beatings and, and and the punishment that you you know get while you're in prison which is I'm all for that you know let let's keep it a little more humane and stop just beating right. everybody that's in there you know and they wanted to go for um the the solitary confinement so you're by yourself in there well the massive new prison opened in 1829 And it was soon the most famous prison in the world because of what we talked about. They're big, very expensive, and their ideas on how to rehabilitate and punish people. Now, Eastern State aimed to move beyond simple punishments, and instead it attempted to encourage the people incarcerated within its walls to reflect and change. Now, the penitentiary utilized a Quaker-inspired system and Quaker inspiration. I don't know how that could go wrong. They fed him oatmeal. Yeah, exactly. Here, <laughs> just eat this oatmeal and you'll be good. Um, Feel
2: inspired in the
1: morning. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but they use this Quaker-inspired system of isolation and labor to achieve this end. Now, the early system was pretty strict, they say. Um, to prevent distraction, knowledge of the building, and even mild interaction with the guards, prisoners wore hoods anytime they were outside their cells. So if you left your cell, you had to be hooded. So you couldn't see anything. You couldn't see anybody. You wouldn't know where you're at. And you're relying on the guard to drag you around where you were going.
2: So they treated you like a
1: racehorse.
2: Yeah. You know, they they, they put blinders on you. Pretty much. So that you would you wouldn't be distracted. Not I. Honestly, not not that I agree with it, but I can I can see the philosophy behind it. Mm-hmm. You know that if you're if if you don't see what's going on around you, then you're you're not really worried about it. But of Pretty course, much, you know yeah. we 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 know you completely isolate somebody. You take away all their senses like that, with the exception of sound and touch, and uh, you. You you can you can hear and feel a lot of stuff going on, and then your imagination starts to
1: run wild. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and you create more problems than you fix by doing that,
2: right? Yeah.
1: But we're not the show for fixing prison systems. We're just uh, the show that tells you about all the crap that happened yeah. at one. So <laughs> we'll keep going here. Now proponents of the system believed that its isolation would allow prisoners to consider their behavior. And the ugliness of their crimes, ultimately leading to genuine penitence for their actions. Yeah, they put them in a big timeout. Yeah, pretty much. Here, put your <laughs> Think timeout. About what you did? <laughs> put your timeout hat on. Cover your eyes and and go sit over there. Now, this is when the new word penitentiary actually started, because it it means penitence. You know, you're in this penitentiary for penitence. So, you know, at, at least they came up with a new word. I mean and,
2: and yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. But I I guess I just never considered it. I mean it makes perfect sense. I I never thought about where they came up with the word penitentiary.
1: Right. Know, I know so I mean but it's interesting. It's, it's not a word that is in the the common vernacular nowadays. True. You know, we True. just say jail or or we might say the pen.
2: The pen, yeah.
1: We don't say penitentiary, so we don't really think about why it got that name, but that's why it got that name.
2: I always liked the pokey.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You know where that came from. (laughs) Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. (laughs) Well, Eastern State's design was also revolutionary. Now, its seven earliest cell blocks may represent the first modern building in the United States. It was designed by British-born architect John... Haviland. I'm going to say Haviland. It might not be. Nah, but I, think, I think you're square on that one. John Haviland. Now, the, the penitentiary originally consisted of seven cell blocks that radiated from a central surveillance rotunda. So if you go Google search this place and you Google search like floor plan or layout or whatever, you can see this. So it's got like a little circular dot in the center there. And then it's got little basically wards that come off of it. Um, and we'll talk about it a little more later, but they kind of radiated out as they got built on, they would build more and more onto this. Well, in this concept, each prisoner had their own private cell centrally heated with running water, a flush toilet, and a skylight and they were adjacent to each or adjacent to each cell was a private outdoor exercise yard. So you could go out of your cell and into this exercise yard and it had 10 foot high walls and it was yours. So you would never see anybody else. The, you know, now you go out into a common area Mm -hmm. and everybody kind of works out and everything in, In one yard, this, you had your own because they didn't want you seeing anybody else. Now, this modern design was pretty impressive, they say, for the time, because even the White House, with the occupant at the time being Andrew Jackson, he had no running water and it was still heated by coal-burning stoves. So, this penitentiary had a lot of new stuff. Centrally heated, running water, I mean... It's pretty fancy if it were, had been a hotel rather than a prison.
2: hmm
1: Now, despite these innovations, the cells were, were simple and sparse, and the only light came from a small skylight, and prisoners could only occupy their time with the Bible or honest work, which it, they considered like shoemaking or weaving. And the interior of the penitentiary resembled a church, with its 30-foot barrel-vaulted hallways and tall arched windows and they say that contrasted a lot with the outside because the outside had that typical medieval gothic facade that mm-hmm. you would assume a prison would have and it was built to intimidate and imply that there was a lot of physical punishment that took place behind the walls even though there wasn't this was a this was a, a a place of everybody was in solitary. You never saw anybody, but the guards and you rarely saw them. Um, it, it was, it was interesting and it was new for the time.
2: Yeah. But it was a, it was a place of reform. Yes. You know, so, you know, it wasn't a place of, of punishment necessarily. I mean, the punishment was that you went there. Mm-hmm. And this was a way to try to actually, uh, get people back to be productive members of society. Right. So you can at, you can at least applaud those efforts even if you don't agree with the tactics they
1: used. Right. They were trying to reform the whole um, jail system mm-hmm. uh, at the time and and it, it may have been misled in what we know now. But for the time, they they didn't know the problems that permanent solitary confinement would cause. Right. Well, pretty much all the prisons designed in the 1800s were based on one of two systems. The New York State Auburn system or the Pennsylvania system. And the Pennsylvania system is what we see with the Eastern State Penitentiary. During the century following Eastern state's construction, more than 300 prisons in South America, Europe, Russia, China, Japan, and across the entire British Empire were based on this plan. So it was revolutionary to the point that many other countries decided they were going to do something very similar to this.
2: Yeah.
1: Now... People frequently traveled to Philadelphia to study the Eastern State uh, Penitentiary and this Pennsylvania reform system. Um, for a lot of people, Eastern State's distinctive form and its isolation practices became a symbol of progressive modern principles. But as tourists flocked to the penitentiary in the 1830s and 1840s, a debate grew around the effectiveness of and compassion of solitary confinement. Was it cruel to hold you know, people in this state like that, with no visitors from the outside world, with no books or letters from home? Um, you know, and they, they would ask also, is it is it right to keep anybody out of contact from anything from the outside world? Well Accounts and opinions varied on this, you know, from people agreeing with it to people disagreeing with it. Well, the critics of this system eventually prevailed. Now the Pennsylvania system was abandoned in 1913. Later additions to the pen, I'll just say pen, it's too hard to say penitentiary. Later additions <laughs> to the Pen uh, complex are physical evidence of this shift in operational and uh, operations and practices. Now, Warden Michael Cassidy added the first additional cell blocks in the 1870s and 1890s, and they mirrored the existing cell blocks in design, but these new cells did not include an exercise yard. So prisoners were then, I guess, prisoners were issued hoods, uh, you know, for the first time with eye holes.
2: (laughs) They still get the hood, but you can see this time.
1: Right. And and I guess the point is anonymity. Like you could see out, yeah. but nobody can see you and you can't see the face of these other people. And in that sense, if that's what you want, that's what you achieve with this. Now, they allowed prisoners to exercise together for the first time in, in the penitentiary's history, but they had to do it in silence and with these hoods on. So you could go exercise, but there's no talking and you can't know anything about the other person. So mirrors were installed to provide continued surveillance into the new cell blocks from the central rotunda. So guards could sit in that rotunda and still see because of the mirror system that they had put up. Um, The system of solitary confinement at Eastern State did not so much collapse, they say, as it eroded away over the decades. By eighteen ninety, about half of all prisoners had a cellmate and people incarcerated at each eastern state worked in congregate workshops. So this was before Pennsylvania system was fully discontinued. But you see we're starting to get to get to what we have today, where you know you can interact with other people in that jail. Mm-hmm. So the, the Penitentiary Administration produced a silent movie in 1929 to celebrate the building's centennial. The film focuses on the recent changes made to the building, and it shows new factory-style weaving shops, the commercial-grade bakery and kitchen staffed with dozens of prisoners 24 hours a day. Um, it shows the new guard towers that have searchlights and sirens. And, I mean, so it, it was a big thing at the time.
2: Yeah, imagine everybody is like, they, they move really fast, like those old baseball films, you know. Yeah, right. You know, right. waving, waving real fast. Hey, you know, they're pointing <laughs> at something because they can't talk. Right. You know? Look at, look at, look at this. Look at this. Look well, at hey, this. check it out. You know, they just keep waving their hand like they're uh, on the Price Is Right. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a, a new car. Uh,
1: <laughs> right. No new cars here, Matt. <laughs> Well, a new toilet. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) And it flushes. The White House doesn't have this. (laughs) Now, in this movie, people, you see people spilling out into yards and line up in new communal dining halls. The cells now used for two or three men still have barrel vaulted ceilings and skylights, but now they also have a what they call a curious walled up door in the back because they don't have their private workout yards anymore. Now the workshops and dining halls are 10 feet wide and a hundred feet long. And they are former exercise yards that they roofed over. Um, and they've got, you know, removed all the dividing walls in between there. So Mm -hmm. it's the width of a cell, but then it just goes real long. So it's gotta be a weird thing in these dining halls, you know? Um, I guess you make do instead of building something new, you know, you just make do and, and that's what they did. They blocked off all the entrances from the cells yeah. and you just then went down your whole long dining hall. I'd hate to be at the far end. You know? I,
2: I know it, it reminds me of you. Did you ever eat at the old uh, steak and ale? You remember that restaurant?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. And so it was all sectioned off in like little rooms and it, and, and I remember the one that was, that was closest to my house. You'd go, and there would be, like, there was a little hallway that would connect two larger rooms where there would be maybe multiple tables or a room with one. But anyway, the little hallway had, like, a little table in there for, like, two people. T- and, and I remember thinking, this has got to be weird to get this table. And everybody just the the wait staff just keeps walking back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's like I, I remember there was a there was a uh, an Italian restaurant that there was a table like an old old Italian restaurant. They the newer version of it they they put a table in the kitchen like a booth, and you're like in the kitchen.
1: That's weird.
2: You know, it's like weird. You know, <laughs> it's just weird. But when you said that about that long dining hall, I got to thinking about mm-hmm. those people that would had to sit that hallway. It was like, this has got to be the weirdest table of this restaurant.
1: Yeah, right. And I I bet it was, you know, and it's like that here. If you got, you know, if you were seated at the first little spot there on the, uh, uh, in that hallway, you had all these other people walking past you to go back to the back of the hallway, you know, and it, it just had to be weird. It's how
2: Landry's got their, um, got their famous tagline for home of the throat roll. You know, was because, you know, it's like, pass the bread. Yeah. They just pick up, just hurl it down at the end of this hallway. Right. <laughs> like, we
1: can't get down there. Just here. They just throw it yeah. food down at you. There's chairs in the way. <laughs> Did you say you wanted soup? Nope. Scratch the soup. <laughs> I don't want any more soup. Change my mind. What is the softest <laughs> thing you can serve me?
2: <laughs> oh, man. The cord on the cob, <laughs> flied, you know. Yeah.
1: Hey, put an eye out with a corn on the cob.
2: (laughs) No, with butter. (laughs) I went back.
1: (laughs) Well, after all that, there were even more cell blocks that were constructed. Now, they were constructed with reinforced concrete now instead of the stone that they had been using. So they're starting to modernize a little more. Now, the new cells were small, square and lit by ordinary windows. But the halls had the catwalks and skylights, typical of the eastern state cell blocks. Mm -hmm. So it kind of kept the same look, but not inside each cell. They were new, updated cells without that weird vaulted ceiling and stuff that these had. Now, these new cell blocks were invisible from the central rotunda. So for the first time, you don't have a cell block that you can see sitting in that one chair. So the guards would have to get up and walk around now, subterranean and windowless cells with neither light or plumbing were were built in order to bring back that solitary confinement there. Um, This time, the isolation was not like redemptive in quality. They didn't think at this time that it was going to change a person. This was brought back for punishment. So the cells there were nicknamed Klondike. So if, if you got put in a uh, solitary confinement cell, they, they said you were going down to Klondike. Now, the last major addition was made to Eastern State Penitentiary's complex of buildings in 1956. This was cell block 15, which was death row. Now this modern prison block marked the final abandonment of any aspect of the penitentiary's original architecture. So the fully electronic confinement system inside separated the prisoners from the guards at pretty much all times. So this was brand new state of the art jailing there where you were, you know, put if if they considered you to be a death row inmate, you went there to the newest of the cells cell block 15. Yeah. So if you look up maps of this place, you know, find the one that's got the cell blocks numbered and cell block 15 is going to be your death row area. Mm. There were a lot of people held at Eastern state penitentiary over the years. And there, they have a list of what they consider the notable inmates and I thought we should go over some of these. So the first one is Alphonse Scarface Capone. You heard of that guy, Matt? Uh, uh, a few times. Yeah. Look, hey, I've,
2: I've seen the Untouchables. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, old Scarface Capone was Chicago's most famous mob boss. He spent eight months at the Eastern State Penitentiary in 1929 and 1930. He was arrested for carrying a concealed deadly weapon, and this was Capone's first prison sentence. So the first time he ever went to prison was here at the Eastern State. Um, His time in Eastern State was spent in, they say, relative luxury. Um, His cell on the Park Avenue block had fine furniture, oriental rugs, and a cabinet radio. So... Try to get that at any, you know, yeah. any any other prison at the time. You could not. Now, Victor Babe Andreoli was convicted of killing a Pennsylvania state trooper in nineteen thirty-seven, and Andreoli arrived at Eastern State Penitentiary to serve a life sentence for first degree murder. He escaped in nineteen forty-three, apparently by hiding in a delivery truck that was leaving the prison. Several weeks later, the police caught up to Andreoli. Uh, in a chester pennsylvania diner where he had uh where he was shot in the head now
2: nice yeah, yeah.
1: morris the rabbi bulber um was another one and the rabbi uh, what a nickname the rabbi yeah that was my nickname in college the <laughs> <rabbi>. <laughs> it wasn't I, I made that up made that up um <laughs> Bulber entered Eastern State in 1942, and he was serving a life sentence as a member of an arsenic murder ring located in Philadelphia. Called, quote, a veteran witch doctor and compounder of charms, Bulber was one of the leaders of the group. Now, they appealed to women who were willing to murder husbands. Arsenic was not the only method that they used, though. Now, in order to collect on their husband's insurance policies, these women would kill their husbands. And the rabbi would facilitate all that. Now, between 1930. Yeah. Between 1932 and 1937, the group was responsible for the deaths of at least 30 people. 16 men and women were convicted for participating in the syndicate, including Bulber and Horace Perlman, uh, who also served time at the Eastern state for these murders. So Interesting. Now, Leo Callahan uh, is another one, and uh, they say of the approximate 100 inmates to escape from the eastern state, Leo Callahan is the only one that got away with it. Assault and battery with intent to kill brought Callahan to eastern state, um, and a makeshift wooden ladder is what got him out. So in 1923, Callahan and five other inmates built a ladder that they used to scale the east wall of the penitentiary. His five accomplices were all eventually uh, recaptured, but Callahan is still at large. But he'd, they say he'd be 110 years old now, so.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he, he lived out his days after he escaped. My question is, is how do you build and hide a makeshift ladder that's mm-hmm. tall enough to get over a prison wall?
1: That, that's my question, too.
2: How does someone not notice that? Or maybe they did. Maybe they had some help
1: on the inside. I would think um, they had to have paid somebody off. Yeah, I mean, to look I would the think other way. That,
2: you know, it, you you would have to be moving pretty quick if you were just going to gather the materials and then assemble this thing quickly enough to get out. And then you get to the top, and you're like, "Old Joe, who was responsible for that end of the ladder, he got he got lazy or didn't pay attention and." Didn't fasten the the whatever you were using for wrongs. The next thing mm-hmm. you know, you're you're falling down. <laughs> right, right. Like, well, yeah. I was like, wow. You know that that seems like you had to you had to have some help to be able to do something like that.
1: I, I somebody would was looking so, the other yeah. way. Yep. Yeah, exactly. You you either had help or, like you said, you had ignorance. People were intentionally ignorant to what you were doing. For money or something like that.
2: Look at those five guys walking all stiff-legged. Wonder what they're doing.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And walking like penguins. (laughs) They're hiding their part of the ladder, dummy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, female inmates, they say, were part of the landscape at Eastern State Penitentiary for almost 100 years, and Frida Frost was the last of them. Now, she was transferred to... The Muncie Industrial Home for Women in nineteen twenty three, and Frost departure marked the end of an era. Frost had been serving a twenty year sentence for murder because she had poisoned her husband. Maybe in that ring that we were talking about before. I couldn't yeah. find find that out or not. But she was Frida Frost was the last female inmate to be housed at Eastern State Penitentiary in nineteen twenty three. Now William Francis, Slick Willie Sutton. That's my favorite name on this whole Slick list. Slick Willie. William Francis, Slick Willie Sutton. Um, he was one of the most famous bank robbers in American history. Slick Willie spent 11 years at Eastern State Penitentiary. Now, in 1945, he, along with 11 other prisoners, escaped from Eastern State in an inmate dug tunnel that went almost 100 feet underground. Now, Sutton was recaptured just minutes later. So he didn't didn't do very good at this. Um <laughs> But over the course of his criminal career, Sutton is credited with over 50 bank robberies, three successful prison escapes, and over 30 years served behind bars. He didn't die until 1980.
2: Man, and he got out three times. Yeah, the- he
1: escaped three times and, and re escaped No, that's not how you'd say that. Re-scaped. re <laughs> <laughs> Was recaptured. Yeah, was recaptured. Um, but yeah, th- those were some... Of the more notable prisoners that they say spent time there. And I mean, some of those, they just had an interesting story, like Frida Frost being the last um, female prisoner there. And and some you would know, like Alphonse Capone, Mm -hmm. uh, because he's pretty famous. Now, that wasn't his last prison um, sentence. by a long shot. (laughs) That was just his first. um, But. You know, they got a claim to fame there by saying that Al Capone stayed at their prison. It's like saying he, he spent the night, you know, in in your hotel. Al Capone spent some time here at Eastern State. So e- even though Eastern State Penitentiary was
2: famous for coming up with this idea on on how to reform prisoners and keeping them apart, and and looking at the system differently, uh, over the years it it wasn't immune to the harsh punishments that the other prison prison systems had, and right. the the harsh punishments at Eastern State were. I, I mean, harsh is an understatement. <laughs> I mean, let's let's face it. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, going into this, it kind of gives you an idea of, you know, the the torment that some of the population had to endure during their stay. One was the water bath. Now,
1: that inmates, sounds nice.
2: It sounds nice. It wasn't nice at all. Oh. Um, it rhymes with nice. Um, <laughs> the the inmates who would break the rules. They risked being dunked in a bath of ice-cold water and then hung from a wall for the night. Now, Whew. during the winter months, when this punishment was the most popular, the water on the inmate's skin would form a layer of ice before morning.
1: Mm. I, can, I, can't,
2: I can't even imagine that, that they would survive this.
1: No, I mean, you, you would become hypothermic, and I would bet that first thing in the morning you could like break people's nipples <laughs> with the water hanging on and just frozen and did they do that
2: matt i i i did i didn't find that at least nothing that specific <laughs> you know you know to come up with something that specific you you gotta you gotta be a certain kind of person adam
1: <laughs> yeah, well you know I'm glad you didn't say what kind.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the next one was the mad chair. Um, The mad chair was named because it was not uncommon for an inmate to go mad before his punishment ended. Inmates would be strapped into the chair with leather straps so tightly that it would be impossible for them to make even the smallest of movements. And they would sit in the chair for days without food until the circulation in their body almost uh, stopped from the tightness of the straps and the lack of movement. Um, it it would actually cause amputations.
1: Oh wow! You know
2: they they would be that required was, that was tight wow. after after being in the chair. Yeah.
1: So so basically a tourniquet then yeah, essentially is, you know yeah. they
2: strap you in so tight you know you just they cut off circulation and you know you just. You just develop, you know, essentially an a necrotic limb mm-hmm. that they have to they have to amputate. I'd be, I be like that at that point, the, just let me die,
1: you know. Yeah, right. Just do that here. Um but is is that what the Allison Chains song is about? I don't know. No, that was Angry Chair, never Angry mind. Angry chair. Not mad chair. Yeah. Angry
2: chair is different. Yeah. W- right. Wasn't quite <laughs> as bad. <you> know? <laughs>
1: yeah. Not not quite as bad. It was one step below the mad chair. now the next one
2: was the iron gag now the iron gag was the most deadly punishment and it was specifically designed for those inmates who refused to obey the no communication policy an iron collar was clamped onto the tongue of the inmate and then and then it was chained to his wrists which were strapped high behind their back now just Now picture that you've got a clamp on your tongue and now it's chained to these shackles on your wrists and then put way up behind your back. So any movement at all resulted in tearing of the tongue and severe bleeding. Mm. So many of the inmates who suffered this torture died from blood loss yeah. Before their punishment was actually over.
1: Man. Had, you know, we've talked about that in a Patreon episode with the weird uh, yeah. like torture devices from way back. And we didn't come up with this one. But my question remains the same. How do you come up with this stuff? Right. Like that device. Who comes up with that? Quakers, apparently. Apparently so. Quaker inspired. Yeah. <laughs> Don't eat don't, that oatmeal, no, I, y'all. I don't
2: know that. I you know I'm I'm being facetious, but, um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, you know, somebody had to sit there and think of what's a good way to teach these people a lesson about not talking. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's chain their tongue to their hands and then tie their hands behind their back somehow.
1: And if they move at all, it'll rip then, their tongue. Well, and that's such a weird position too to like. I had to come up with that position that my hands had to be like this. And you know, it just, I don't know. It really, really strange
2: and, and cruel and unusual. Um, but the last one is, is the hole, which was dug under block 14. And the hole was really nothing but a pit in the ground where some inmates would stay locked sometimes for weeks. There was no light, very little air. And, those that were thrown into the pit would receive water and a slice of bread. And that's if they got to it before the rats and the roaches did. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, you know.
1: Do you know the...
2: Spend a night night in the
1: box. Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, Do you know why people got bread and water? Why? Like, it wasn't a, well, we're going to give them just something that's bland and not very nutritional or whatever, they they figured out that if you feed them enough bread and water and that's all that they get, it becomes like a plug in your intestines. Oh, yeah. And so then not only are you in discomfort from the room that you're in or whatever torture, but now you've got internal pain
2: mm-hmm. that
1: because you're blocked up from yeah. this basically cement that bread and yeah. water created. So... You know, people say, I ah, give them bread and water is, is kind of a joke for, you know, being in jail. Mm-hmm. But there was a specific reason they did that. It wasn't just here's some cheap bread and whatever it would. It in itself was a torture device.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, Lord. So you can kind of see, you know, what what these people had to endure and w- why you, you might think, hmm, I bet that old prison might be haunted. I mean, as as Adam said, you know, there were some people that were just executed right there,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
2: and 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 so many people died from these punishments. There was so much death along with the anguish. You know, we we bring this up when we talk about negative energy, wanting to hold on to, you know, the these these past horrors, and you know, it will it allows the manifestation of this paranormal activity that so many people claim goes on, you know, at Eastern State. Now, one of the most uh, notable stories comes from a man named Gary Johnson. Now, Gary uh, helped maintain the old broken-down locks at the prison. Now, in the early 1990s, He had just opened the 140-year-old lock from the cell door in cell block four when he says that a massive force gripped him so tightly that he was unable to move. Now Gary described a negative, horrible energy that exploded out of the cell. He said tormented faces appeared on the cell walls and that and that one form in particular actually seemed to be beckoning to him now wow some people believe that when he removed the key it opened a gateway to the horrific past and offered the spirits that were caught behind its bars a way out
1: i can see that yeah
2: and, and so there are there are some who think that this just essentially opened a portal and and that allowed all of this this horror to kind of replay inside the walls of the prison.
1: Right. It's now, like they were bound and exactly. then when he when he did that it, it released their bindings. That's exactly. that's interesting. I I like that.
2: Cell block 12 is known for echoing voices and cackling. As cell block Weird. 6 is known for shadowy figures that move along the walls. A cell block four, where Gary Johnson's uh, experience occurred, is known for visions of ghostly faces, m- much like what he experienced. Mm-hmm. So, some people have reported seeing a silhouette of a guard in one of the towers. Okay, now Jack Osborne and Catr- uh, Katrina Weedman on their show uh, Portals to Hell interviewed a self proclaimed skeptic named Zach. And he told the bagels, I assume. No, 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 no. He's <laughs> <laughs> a regular guy.
1: Yeah, um, yeah.
2: Now, like I said, he was a self-proclaimed skeptic. He said he he didn't believe in ghosts and, and wasn't really convinced of anything paranormal. Now, Zach claimed that he felt while, while he was staying there, he felt something hard against his back. Now, assuming that he had bumped into a wall in the dark, he turned around, but he, he didn't see anything. Now, when he turned back, Zach says he heard a giggle behind him. A giggle. We haven't had too many
1: giggling ghosts. No. That's kind of creepy. Yeah, that makes it weird.
2: But Zach says a few seconds later, he heard a voice say, watch your back. Hmm. Now facing a closed door, Zach said he saw a face with two dark eyes, and he says that that's pretty much when the fear set in and yep. he said he, he did not sleep that night. And this experience turned him in, from a skeptic into a believer.
1: Yep. Well, yeah. Well, you yeah.
2: Who wouldn't believe after something like that? Right. I mean, you know, that's,
1: that's, that's wild. Yeah. Just, just simply to have a, a, a spirit say, watch your back, even without all the other stuff. That would give you enough of the heebie-jeebies oh, to yeah. Yeah. you know make you not sleep or whatever, but to see the face and I mean the faces seem to be prevalent here. Yes, and it, it's it's crazy. That's creepy. That's creepy.
2: Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to see you know a ghost face.
1: No, on, Just on the a, wall or anywhere yeah, else. A random face.
2: Yeah. uh-uh. <laughs> Now, nope. it, it, one thing to one thing to know and to keep in mind is that um, the the history and the hauntings of the prison it is, is is celebrated, okay, and the they have actually created a a haunted house uh, attraction inside the prison, okay. So there's right. there's actually a, a a an entertainment value that's placed on this prison beyond just taking the regular tour. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, Amy Holloman is the creative director and the GM of terror behind the walls, which is the name of the haunted attraction that operates inside the prison. And she had been working at Eastern state for about 13 seasons when she had her own paranormal experience. Now, Amy says, quote, all of a sudden, in the back area of the room we were in, we started to hear these sounds. Like a person was stamping something and then moving a paper over repeatedly. Hmm. Then we heard the sound of a cup move. They These were independent sounds, Amy says, that lasted for about 15 seconds. Now, that she says that doesn't seem like that long of a time, but imagine if something is terrifying you that's pretty long 15 seconds said, she, is a long time <laughs> yeah, she said she literally learned what the word petrified meant <laughs> she said she was frozen stiff now i've i've been i've been there i've been at that point where something i don't know that it was real but whatever it was it scared me that i felt like i couldn't move yeah you know i was just like oh and um, yeah. you know I've, I've done it to myself. <laughs> just, sure, yeah. I imagined something that it just, it absolutely terrifies me because my brain says, whatever's there is going to get you.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I remember I got that as a kid when I would, I was probably Michael's age. So around the nine, 10 years old. And for some reason I had this fear that someone was going to break into our house through my window um, I would get stabbed and then they would go on to rob and all this stuff. I don't know where this fear came from, but I, I do remember having this fear. And one night there was a sound outside the window. I don't know. It could have been a cat. I don't know what it was, but it was a sound. And I just knew at that point that it was a burglar coming in. I couldn't do anything. I was so scared that, you would think natural reaction would be jump up, run away. If that's what you think is going to happen, go run and get dad, you yeah, know? Yeah. But no, nope, I couldn't move. I was just frozen. And my dumb butt ended up falling asleep, scared. Yeah. But I don't know how it happened. But yeah, I, I, so I've been there. I remember that, that feeling.
2: Yeah. You ever, you ever get scared like that as a kid and then you fall asleep and you wake up? And then you remember being scared and it scares you all over. Yeah, right. Yep. You go like, back oh, to being scared. Oh, it's over now.
1: But I'm still scared. Yeah. I'm still scared. I can't believe I fell asleep, you know.
2: Yeah. But you know, Amy isn't the only one uh in the terror behind the walls crew that's had a run in with a spirit inside the prison. She tells the story of a cast member who was working on cell block. She he was working on cell block twelve. Which is reportedly one of the most active areas in the prison. Amy says the actor asked if he could move his spot. And when she asked him why, the actor said that there was a ghost up there.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Can you imagine you're dressed up like a ghost and you come down. Can I move? There's a ghost up there.
1: Yeah, I, I'm dealing with a ghost. So
2: <laughs> he said that while standing at the edge of the cell block, he saw a sp- the spirit of a woman running toward him, screaming. And when she got close to him she would turn back.
1: Wow. Now,
2: now this is the cool part. Three years later, it's like SpongeBob, three years later, um, a totally different actor came to her with a similar story about the second floor of Cell cell Block 12 being haunted. How many times am I going to trip over the word Cell Block? Cell Block. (laughs) Now, that actor said, you'll never believe this, But I think it was a banshee. It was flying down the cell block towards me, screaming, and then it turned back. So, two stories that are so similar, three years apart from different individuals. And not only that, we're not talking about, you know, people that probably worked together for three years. There's a really good chance that, you know, these people were hired on every season so there's a good chance that these two people never met
1: exactly and they had no idea who the other one was
2: and never heard the story so now you're getting a very similar story you know three years apart from two different people that i i love that oh yeah that makes me want to believe this story more than any of the ones we cover tonight
1: yep i agree with you
2: because when you get a story that's that similar and there's very now i don't know this for sure but you know the the chance to to me is is slim that that these two guys knew one another and and could have could have told this story um but you know that's great i mean to me that that's a fantastic yeah. story um when when you have some validity there now Holloman goes on and tells a story about a letter that they received in the mail along with a strange package. The letter was from a former visitor to the prison, and it explained that during their visit, they had taken a bolt from the site. It went on to say that since that time, they had experienced the worst luck of their entire life. The package included the bolt in a bag full of sage and a request to return it to its rightful place. Now, how many times have we heard stories like this?
1: You yep. know, I was just about to say, how many times has Graveyard Tales told you not to take anything from a haunted place? Right. Right. You know?
2: Yeah. Don't, don't take anything like that and go, Hey, I've got this cool little trinket that I stole now, souvenir from a haunted house or nope. a haunted prison in this case. You don't want to do that kind of stuff. Oh,
1: that's <laughs> you know, a bad idea, guys.
2: You you you're gonna you're gonna drag along at the at the least some some bad juju. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I, we've talked about um, objects that become haunted or cursed, and that and that have something attached to them. You know, folks. Even if you're in something and you you don't believe this place is haunted at all, don't take anything with you. It's like, right. the, it's like the gift shop at in Gettysburg that, that sold yeah. the, the gifts that were left for the, the ghost children, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: I said something about getting Brooks a baseball, or I'd gotten Brooks a baseball, and one day mm-hmm. we're in the car, and he goes, hey, did you happen to, you didn't happen to get that baseball from uh, that Gettysburg shop, did you? <laughs> 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 and I was immediately, so I laughed, and I was like, why? Why?
1: Yeah, what, what's happening? What, what do you mean? Yeah, no, um, I mean, and it, that's true. I mean, if, if you take nothing else away from Graveyard Tales, at least understand that if a place is supposedly haunted, do not remove anything from those grounds. Because right. every time, every time someone does, there's a story of them sending it back. Right. And wanting to, uh, you know, basically make, make their whole life better just from this bolt or you know whatever i lucked out as a kid because there was a haunted railroad track not too far from where i'm at now that yeah that uh haunted you know in quotes for those of you not watching and i did air quotes um turns out it wasn't it was just dumb you know local legend that that area was haunted um, it's one of those gravity hill type situations where your car would get pushed over oh, yeah. thing and yeah. supposedly uphill, but it wasn't, but we took a railroad spike and one of the basically railroad bolts um, from there. And I still have them. So luckily it was not haunted or my dumb butt. This is before I learned all of the important knowledge yeah. that I have now about doing that. But um, it it could have ended up bad, but yeah. luckily it didn't.
2: We we should uh, we should do a show where we just do things not to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this these are these are bad ideas. Did, right? <laughs> did you? <laughs> yeah. Remember there was a skit on Saturday Night Live years and years ago for uh these jeans, and it was bad idea jeans
1: yeah you know they were
2: all like you know and they were like yeah well you know i did this it's like bad idea jeans (laughs) there's a simpsons
1: episode where he's got a book that says don't do what donnie don't does and (laughs) and it's be the the title of that graveyard tales episode don't do what donnie don't does
2: yeah for uh For any of you artists out there, we've got so many that belong to the graveyard that have drawn some amazing stuff for us. Um, You know, the old Goofus and Gallant from the Highlights magazine, we need a Goofus and Gallant for Graveyard Tales. You know, it's like, they're burning a Ouija board. (laughs) They're taking a picture of Robert the Doll. You know, don't do that.
1: Taking a bolt from Eastern State (laughs) Penitentiary.
2: That's what we need. Now, uh, as I said, Amy, Amy's not the uh, you know, still she's not the only one that's experienced this. So all these stories aren't coming from her. You know, we had stories from a couple of actors, but other staff members uh, have had some pretty strange encounters too. Technical director James Travis had his own moment with a spirit. Now, James says that it was close to midnight on a rainy and windy Friday during the fall of the year two thousand twelve. Said there was an event. That evening, and all of the other guests and staff had left the property. Now, Travis says he noticed a large steel panel that had been delivered for him in the building's gatehouse, and he wanted to move it out of the way and decided to take it. Guess where? Cell block 12.
1: Where? Oh, good idea. <laughs>
2: the most active, you know, in, in the whole prison. Yep. Now, Travis says, I plan to put it just inside the gate there but the dolly kept sliding out of the way so i had to use both hands to get the gate unlocked now travis says he knew everyone else had left the property now adam let's let's talk about something here okay if if i am ever at a haunted prison especially one like eastern state i never want to be able to honestly say the sentence I knew everyone else had left the property.
1: (laughs) No joke. No joke.
2: I mean, seriously, in all fairness, that would would never happen to me. Because if I knew there was a potential for me to say that, I would make sure that I would never be able to say that. Right. I I would always be able to say, I knew there was no way in hell that I was going to be the last one left (laughs) on the property. (laughs) Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's one thing to go and like hang out at a haunted prison. It's another thing to be the only one there.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh uh-uh. uh. Especially happening. when it's this active, you know, <laughs> with, with that type of activity and in the, the strength of the spirits that are supposedly there, you know, and I'm with you. I'm not doing that. There's no way. Yeah. I and- will always always be yelling for somebody hey where you at you know doing the marco polo thing marco Exactly,
2: marco oh you do that you 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 might you might get the
1: polo and that's true Come like, am out yep watch your back nope done yeah fish out of water here we go
2: <laughs> but anyway travis said that when he turned around he expected to see like some kind of vagrant or or somebody that had wandered up the property just to cause some trouble. But instead he saw a short man, only about five foot four, standing a few feet away from him. And Travis said he drew back his fist but then realized that the man was translucent. Yeah, put up your dukes. Yeah. <laughs> and and he not only was he translucent, he was dressed in Civil War era military clothing. And then he disappeared.
1: And if that guy's learned anything, you can't punch a ghost.
2: <laughs> you can't punch a ghost. Your fists are useless against <laughs> a ghost. So, you know, that these are great stories.
1: I oh, mean, yeah.
2: I, 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 Adam and I were talking before the show that I love when we can find stories that the eyewitness actually is named. I mean, that's the, you get all the a visitor to this place saw this. You know, I'm like, okay, okay, well, mm. great. We're gonna we're gonna mention that. But I really love it when it says, you know, you know, Joe Jackson, you know, was visiting the Eastern State Penitentiary and he saw this, 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 and yep. he felt like that. And I mean, that's that's what I on that's this what I day
1: learn. at this time. Yeah. So it and yeah the 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 verification of that the date and the person yeah. it makes it all the more real to you yeah you know you 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 feel the interaction or or the the sighting a whole lot more and like you said it makes you believe it more you for some reason i guess because of the specifics of it you believe it a whole lot more than just my brother's sister's aunt's cousin's friend you know the the guy with the limp he's he saw it yeah and
2: well it becomes less like hearsay you know, it becomes less like just mm-hmm. the the stories that get passed along. Oh, they say, well, who's they? You know, I, I love it when right. when when you have somebody because if I I know this, if if I'm gonna attach my name to a story, especially one like this, it's it's gonna be at least the truth from my eyes. I'm gonna tell you well what happened to me. You know, maybe maybe you can interpret it however you want. But I'm going to tell you what I saw. If if it's going to mm-hmm. carry my name on it, then it's going to be what really happened. Um, you know, so so I love that. And and Eastern State, you know, had had a ton of those stories, and and we're happy oh, yeah. to share them with you. Um, it 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 is it is a pretty creepy place. Um, you can see a lot of pictures of it online. Um, you know, you you can see pictures of uh of the cell blocks. You know. Pictures taken from the outside, you can see that that definite castle appearance so that that prisons that were built in that time carried, um, you know. But you know the and they've and they've done up some of it. You know, you see some that are set up like little offices and things like that um, uh, that have furniture and furnishings that are, you know, uh, period accurate. You know, so you you can kind of get a feel of what it would have looked like then, you know, not now that it's, you know, a lot of the area is just kind of crumbling apart. Now, as Adam mentioned before, you can take uh, the free Voices of Eastern State audio tour, you know, where you essentially, you put on headphones and you go through um, Mm -hmm. and it tells you a story. Now, this is super cool. That tour is narrated. By Steve Buscemi from Boardwalk Empire and all the Adam Sandler movies.
1: Yeah. Now. Yeah. That's pretty cool that he did that.
2: Yeah. Now, Steve Buscemi uh, shot his film Animal Factory in the prison. Hmm. And the audio includes clips from historians, former guards, and inmates of the penitentiary. So.
1: That's cool. Man, that
2: is, that's super cool to me. I mean, that, that's it. And it's free. Mm-hmm. and it's free i mean you know i mean you know I, it would be it would be worth you know a few bucks to be able to take this tour you know but the fact that it's offered for free and it's so cool you know if you live in that area and you haven't done this um may, maybe you didn't realize that it was available and you yeah. know go check that out i mean that
1: absolutely that's, go do that's it.
2: amazing um and, and then especially i would imagine if you're in that area you've probably you know taken advantage of of the the halloween season haunted house um mm-hmm. you know but this any time of year you can go and take this tour now the the prison itself has appeared in in you know several films and and two of the most notable ones it was in the movie uh, transformers revenge of the fallen and it served as the insane asylum in the Brad Pitt movie 12 monkeys you know oh, so wow. so yeah so i mean it it you know it's kind of like uh you know the the nashville prison you know, here, you know, it was it was in right, the right. you know, it it was in the last castle, uh, in the Green Mile. Um right you know, because these buildings are so cool. I mean, you know, they just they just look all unfortunately, you know, the you know, the prison here, um, you know, it took some storm damage, you know, just recently and now you mm-hmm. can't even get near it anymore. You know, you can Yeah, you that's can, a shame. You can see it from the from the highway, but that's about it. You can't really get close to it at all. And they don't offer tours and um, and I think even when they did, because of the asbestos in it, you couldn't even, uh, you couldn't go anywhere but in the main, the main hall. So, right. Um, right, But this one, you know, you can really take, you know, a great tour. So I would definitely check that out, especially if, you know, if this kind of stuff interests you, um, you know, d- not just like, you know, Adam, you know, gave us a lot of really fascinating and interesting history about the building. So it kind of gives you an idea about the activity that would potentially go on there. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know as we've done we've done i don't know what now maybe half a dozen haunted haunted prisons maybe maybe not quite that much but we've done three or four um and and they always have really really you know scary creepy you know stories because you learn that history behind what went on there it it makes the idea of seeing a shadow in a cell block or or hearing a sound from you know down what you know is an empty hallway th- that more terrifying you right. know because sure. you know the potential of somebody's spirit that's lingering around there that could have been you know executed or tortured to mm-hmm. death you know it just it, it i don't know it, it it just gives it all that much more uh Shock value, maybe is what I'm looking for.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it, it carries more weight sure. than oh, yeah. other uh other noises you would hear at other places.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um thanks for listening, guys. I mean, you know, we we really enjoyed um researching this one, and thanks to Jeff, uh, who gave us a lot of really good information about Eastern State. Uh, you know, and, and if you're in that area, like I said, go check it out. And, and if yep. you do, if you've been there, uh, as we say this on every show, let us know. I mean, we have gotten some amazing photos from people who have either mm-hmm. been there in the past or who have listened to a show and made an effort to visit one of these places while they were on vacation.
1: Um, oh, that's great. Yeah. It, I love that.
2: I mean, we love that maybe we told you about a place that you didn't know. And, and you put it on your list of places that you wanted to see um, so yeah if you if you've done that you know send in those photographs and and the perfect place to do that and share it not just with Adam and myself but with all the other members of the graveyard is our Facebook group you know we're mm-hmm. what we're over 5,000 members strong now Um and you know it's re- it's really a fantastic group of folks. We have a lot of fun in there. There's a lot of conversations. Adam and I pop in and out of there, uh, and make a lot of comments. Um, so yeah, you know, jump on in. All you have to do is is get on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter and search for Graveyard Tales. That's going to be the easiest way to find us. And uh,
1: you'll find us.
2: And you can you can find out you know all kinds of stuff, and you can meet some other members of the graveyard. Um, you, and while you're doing that, you can check out our website. It's graveyardpodcast.com. And on our website, you can learn a little bit more about Adam and myself. Uh, you can listen to the show. You can become a patron, uh, which we always want to thank uh, the people that have donated to the show. And and if you've been thinking about pulling the trigger and, and join it, now's a great time. We've just uploaded, you know, the video from Adam and I, you know, mucking through this to put
1: out a, <laughs> you know
2: a solid edited show that we're going to give to you guys you get to see us screw it up and goof off <laughs> and you get to see me pick my nose in the middle of the show and uh, all that kind of stuff you, you know if you if you enjoy that kind of stuff you know joining patreon is a way to get that video of us actually doing this and and right. you can also find links to buy graveyard Tales merchandise and and if you're look needing to look uh you know to get that cool summer t-shirt or uh that that travel mug or, or what you're gonna you know drink your frosty beverage by the pool mm-hmm. you know you can you can grab uh you know gra- gra- bleh, bleh, bleh. you can grab a graveyard tales uh cup mug t-shirt uh baby onesie whatever you need um you know and you can find those links there as we always say please go and rate and review us on itunes because it's the easiest way to get the show up the charts, which makes Adam and I feel good, but it brings more people into the graveyard, and that Absolutely. and that's what we want. So, until next time, we'll save you a seat in the graveyard.
1: See you soon.
2: Now, Selbot, slip, flip, flip. I hear you.